welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. And you guys, if you are feeling isolated, if you're feeling like you don't have a tribe of women, like-minded people to really help you transcend from where you are right now into the person that you know you are being called to be, or maybe you're getting that soul calling and you're not quite answering it yet and it's turning more into a scream and it's starting to make you feel even more awful than the thought of facing the fear around doing that actual thing. If you're in any of these positions, you have to join me this year at The Bliss Project. It is March 2nd through the 4th in Newport Beach, California, and it is going to be a life-changing weekend. If you've been wanting to bust through your fears and really meet a like-minded tribe of people, this is exactly where you must be. If you're feeling called to this, I want you to go check it out at theblissproject.info right now. It's also in the show notes. And who is this event for? You guys, I really want to get clear on if you're feeling called to it, I want to make sure that you know what is going to go on there. So if you have always had a desire to do something big, but you've always been afraid to follow through, if you feel like you don't have the tools or the expertise to take the next step, if you wish you had that tribe of supportive people, if you're ready to take that next step into the next level, but you have no idea what that's even supposed to look like, or if you just want to feel more fully alive each day. And this is absolutely for you if you want a deeper connection and understanding in your relationships, if you want to become more fulfilled in your own job that you have right now and in daily tasks, if you want to know the true desires of your soul. And if you're ready to enjoy the journey just as much as the destination. And truly, if you are feeling called to expand your spiritual connection, we're going to be doing some incredible exercises, meditations. We have some awesome teachers who are going to come in and really give you the space to understand what that feels like for you. Because for everyone, it's so different. But to be able to do it together uh, makes you feel even more connected than you've ever felt before. So if you're interested in meditation, if you want to create a solid foundation for all of your goals and dreams to be built on, or if you just need a mental reset, a confidence booster, and to really own your own personal power. You guys, this is the place that you want to be. So there are still some tickets left, but they sell out fast. You guys in this year will be the best bliss project that we've ever done. We have a really amazing team working on it and we're adding so many more things than we have ever done in prior years because I know that when I get the opportunity to put 
epic women into a room. I want magical things there so that you guys can truly have the tools to create your own amazing transformation and experiences. And you guys, what happens there is nothing short of miraculous. So if you're ready to create your transformation, if you're ready to step in, if you're ready to have your tribe, this is where you want to be. And I hope that you join us and that I get to meet you and hug you and see you there. So theblissproject.info. Welcome back to the show, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. It means the world to me. And on today's episode, we have Regan Hillier. She is a serial entrepreneur, a philanthropist, a mindset coach, and a global speaker. She's the founder of Regan Hillier International, and that is a company dedicated to providing a personal development and business training to men and women who have a big message that they want to share with the world. She specializes in helping experts uncover their true message and launch powerful personal brands. She helps them make a big impact and build a legacy. She's trained thousands of people helping them build multiple six and seven-figure businesses location-free using powerful mindset-changing tools and cutting-edge business development strategies. She's a certified master of NLP, a master of hypnosis, time dynamics specialist, and a success strategist amongst completing many other certifications. She's invested in excess of half a million dollars on her own personal development and business journey and takes pride in continuously learning and growing from key industry leaders. And we talk so much about what she pulled from that half million dollars she's invested into herself. We talk a lot about what mindset it takes to create the business and life that you love and also how she's been able to create a life where she can travel and do the things that she loves while living in her purpose and helping other people make an impact. And you guys, there's just so much wisdom throughout this whole podcast that even if you don't resonate with having your own business, you will definitely pull some nuggets of info that you can use and weave through your life. So let's get started. Regan, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thanks so much for having me, Laurie. I'm really thrilled because I did not get to talk to you as much as I wanted to talk to you when I first met you because it's hard when we meet at events, right? It's like, ah, hi, bye. Okay, hopefully we'll connect again. Right, exactly. It's when it's when you're connecting with another speaker and then you're both doing a hundred things with a thousand people and <laughs> it's how it goes. It always works though, because if you're meant to connect, you just have to trust and know that it will organically or somehow you'll create that space or you'll you'll find that time. So I would love for you to share with everyone what what you're doing right now and kind of where that all got started. Absolutely. I mean, if you go to any of my social media uh, pages for anyone who's listening, you'll probably see that I travel around the world and I have a multi seven figure business and I am blessed to help so many people each year. Um, but it definitely didn't start that way. And it, it's been a really um, evolutionary journey. I mean, I grew up in, in Auckland, New Zealand, and I was brought up in a family that really believed in following the system and education and going to school and working really hard and getting good grades. And so, you know, I went down that path and I, uh, I was studying actually to be an architect of all things at university. Oh, awesome. And I had... Cool. 
Yeah, yeah. And I had one university lecturer who actually came in and he got us to do a visualization exercise and he got us to pick our lives as an architect, like 25 years out from that day. And mm -hmm. I did it and I literally felt sick to my stomach. Mm -hmm. And I just had this moment where I just knew that, you know what, even though I can do this, even though I'm working hard at this, even though I'm good at this, this isn't my truth and this isn't what I'm putting here to do. And so I ran out of that room. I boldly called my dad and told him that, you know what, I'm not going to be an architect. I'm not going to do that. And I had this ability to turn around and he was like, well, that's great. What are you going to do? And I had absolutely no clue. And it was this moment where I guess I was so clear on what I didn't want and how I didn't want to live my life, but I had no idea what the other side of that looked like. And so, you know, that's what's bringing me into personal development and really diving in at a really, really young age and, you know, just kind of going absolutely nuts on it. And there was, a, you know, a big journey through that and um, working with many different coaches and mentors and studying a lot of different things from the inner game to the external game around business. And, you know, I remember this moment where after probably about two years, my life actually started shifting and I started getting results and people just started coming to really naturally and saying, Hey, Regan, how did you do that? And I started sharing with them what I knew. And that was my first taste of coaching and my first taste of really impacting people in a way where they got to go out and change their lives. And so I built my first one-on-one -on -one practice around that. And then from there, leveraged that into speaking and running live events. And then from there, transitioned everything online. And that's the, the face and the brand that you see today. Mm, amazing. And I'm sure there are so many different struggles that came throughout all of those uh, things with sharing and moving into your purpose, because there's a lot of fear, right? You go from thinking that you're going to be an architect and then having to first, I mean, one of the biggest uh, blocks right there is, oh my God, I have to now tell my parents or I have to go launch this other idea that may not have been super popular at the time. So I think that there's a lot of people listening who probably are in that beginning phase. What would you tell them who maybe it's that first idea of, oh my God, I am stuck in something or they feel stuck in something that they don't want to be doing? Yeah, absolutely. I would just say, listen to that feeling, listen to that feeling, like trust your gut, your gut always knows. And even if you're good at something, or even if you're making a lot of money from it, or you've built a life around it, if you're getting that feeling in the pit of your stomach, that there's something more and it's not right. I promise you, you know, if you ignore that, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And so I feel like people just have to trust that and listen to it and bite the bullet and then really spend some time going within and asking themselves, you know, what am I actually put here to do? And what does my ideal life look like? And what is my vision for what I'm creating in the world? And I know those are really big questions and people may not have the answers right away, but I promise you, if you spend time on it and if you breathe life into it and if you journal on it and, and just be still with it, then eventually you'll start getting pulls and pushes and nudges that will lead you in the right direction if you trust that. Mm, I love that you just said that because I feel like sometimes even maybe you, maybe you go through this too right now that, you know, you can even be in something that you love, but maybe it's starting to feel a bit stagnant or maybe you're feeling, um, you know, some nudges coming, but we're not giving it the space or time. Sometimes we can get so busy doing the things that we already know that it's like we fill it, right? We can fill it and, and not give us the space. So what is something you do right now, even though you're in something you love to give yourself space and time? And is there anything coming through for you? 
Oh yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm constantly reassessing this because, you know, as humans, we evolve, right? And so even if we create a business that, you know, two years or five years ago was amazing for us, chances are we're, we've kind of evolved through or past that. And I see a lot of people that they get stuck in something and they're so scared to, to shift it or to change it um, because they're worried that they'll lose it all. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was really interesting actually. So when I said I built the uh, kind of the offline speaking business and you know running live events and everything like that and you know I was uh, 23 24 at the time and I built that to be roughly a million dollar business per year and I knew at a point in that business that I had kind of outgrown it and it wasn't serving the amount of people that I wanted to touch it also wasn't serving how I wanted to live my life because I wanted to travel around the world and work from my laptop and be anywhere and I couldn't do that with how I'd structured this business and so I ended up listening to that and I ended up walking away from that business literally shutting it down um, not even you know phasing it out or doing anything logical <laughs> And everyone was telling me I was crazy. They're like, Regan, what are you doing? Like, you're going to lose everything. Like, you've worked so hard. You should be grateful for what you have. All of these conversations were coming in externally. And I just had to trust that, you know what? This has served me to this point, but now I need to adjust and I need to choose alignment. And I need to really make a decision that is aligned to me and where I'm going. And it doesn't mean that what I did in the, in the past was wrong. It just means that I've kind of evolved into a different place. And that's okay. I love that. And could you explain to people what it felt like for you? Because I think a lot of times what can happen for us is it's like we get these feelings and then our logical brain comes in and we're like, wait, what am I supposed to? When you talk about trust, what is it that you just know that's what you should be trusting? What does it feel like? How do you identify it? When is it like your time to just leap? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, it comes down to this feeling of alignment or being aligned. And I feel like that's a little bit of a buzzword these days that's kind of thrown around a bit, like, make sure you live in alignment, create your business in alignment. <laughs> Right. And yes. it's like, what does that actually mean? And for me, it's the the feeling of knowing that whatever I'm doing day to day, I'm aligning to my bigger purpose. I'm aligning to my greater vision. And so it's checking in. And when you're clear on what that purpose is or what that vision is or what that goal is in the next one, two or five years, when you're clear on that, it's actually kind of easy. You just tune in and you ask yourself, like, does this feel good? And is this getting me to the place that is going to accelerate me to the vision or to the goal? And if the answer is no, then it's like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to walk away from that. And you, you really choose it from that place. Or it might be yes, but oh, it feels scary and it's totally uncomfortable and it feels really big and that's okay as well. But at least it's a grounded feeling in your stomach where it's like, you know what? Like, I know this is my truth. And even though it's big and terrifying, I choose to commit to that. Oh, yes. I, there are so many things that, you know, and especially as you start your business or start getting out there or maybe you have a, a really established business. It's like there are so many shiny things or distracting things that can truly even be exciting in the moment. But sometimes you're right. like, wait, this is just not in alignment with this massive vision. Like this is a totally different turn. So right. You know, it, it's just like really trying to figure that out. So I love how much you talk about um, financial and personal abundance. Can you explain what personal abundance is for you? Absolutely. Well, personal abundance for me is truly living an abundant life across every area of your life. Because I've seen too many people say, you know what, I want to manifest the financial abundance. And they do that and they make the money, but at what expense? 
all of a sudden they notice that they're sabotaging their relationships or they've put on a whole lot of weight or all this other stuff starts to fall apart. And I just really believe it doesn't have to. I believe that people can have it all across the board in whatever way that looks like for them. And they can literally up-level every single area of their life and live in alignment across the board rather than just with the money, right? Mm. Totally. I I literally see that all the time. I've even seen it in my life. It's like sometimes for me, I've had to find balances by going to extremes. And it's like, okay, I thought that if I had financial abundance because I came from a really poor background, that that would just solve all problems. And I was like, wow, this really can create some other problems. So for you, I know that you've been able to create financial abundance for yourself. What were some things that you had to figure out as that started coming into your life in a big way? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, sorry, was that around personal abundance or financial abundance? Um, well, well, see, I jumped right into financial, <laughs> right into financial abundance. <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. Well, um, look, here's the thing with creating financial abundance. I really believe that it's an inner game. It's an internal game. And, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, Regan, how is it that you've manifested millions of dollars? And the answer is never like some secret strategy, which I've figured out, which the rest of the world doesn't know. Like it's not something which happens on the outside. It's absolutely an internal game. Mm -hmm. And so if you want, I can break you down some of the internal things that I do to manifest financial abundance without be good yes that's awesome let's do it okay yeah cool cool so one of the first things and we touched on this um already in this awesome interview is is really tuning into like what is the vision and what are you actually calling in and when you do this, you know, you need to be specific around the money that you're calling in. There's too, pe- too many people saying, you know, just financial abundance with freedom, with money. And it's like, what is that? Like, how much is that? What does that really look like? And so you get totally, totally clear on that. And I recommend that when people do this, um, you actually paint the picture around the money with every area of your life. Now, this is going to ensure that we don't have what we just talked about and sabotaging other areas um, just to go and create the income. Mm. And so I'd be looking at, you know, I'm so happy and grateful that I've received this amount of money per month or per year. And look how this also flows into my relationships and my health. And I'm so energized and just getting really clear on it. Because I really believe that if you don't define how every area of life is going to be, then you're leaving it up to chance. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to, I don't want to gamble my dream and my vision. Right. And so let's be clear and specific on it. And then from there, once we're clear on the vision, I always start to look at, okay, who do I need to become in order to embody this vision, in order to embody this financial goal? And I really believe that, especially with money, you don't get in life what you do. You get in life who you are and who you choose to be. Because if it was the doing, there's a lot of people working really, really, really hard right now, but they're not actually receiving the money they desire. And that's because there's some things internally which are not aligned to that. So I'm always looking at, okay, cool. How can I, how, how would that version of me walk? How would that version of me talk? What would I be focusing on? How would I show up? How would I dress? Like what kind of people would I have around me? What kind of people would I no longer have around me, right? What do I need to eliminate from my life as I step into this new version of me? And so it's getting clear on that. And then thirdly, the last thing that I love doing is looking at the external piece and looking at what kind of action do I need to take? Because we can't just sit there and, you know, pray and meditate and hope it's all going to show up. Like, of course, we have to take some action. So in order to do that, what is the most aligned action that I can be taking right now in my life and my business? And from there, when I'm jotting down ideas around that, I look at, okay, great. What are one, two or three daily non-negotiables, which I can tune into, which I can commit to doing right now. And that 
means that if I go through this process, I'm doing the inner work, but then I'm showing up in an aligned way in my life and my business in order to propel it all forward. So good. I love just immediate action steps that break down because at the end of the day, it's what are you doing right now? What can you do tomorrow? How much is too much, right? And I think that's something that I've often done is, oh, I'll do these five or 10 things tomorrow, right? I do this like to-do list (laughs) based based on me not having to do them right now, but I'll do them tomorrow. So what is something that you found um, as far as taking action steps? What is a reasonable amount? What's something that you think that people, um, maybe they over, what am I trying to say? They, we put too much on our plate thinking that we have to do too much when really it's a lot smaller amounts of action. So what does that actually look like for people? What do you think? Yeah, definitely. And I guess the action is going to vary depending on, you know, what their dream or their goal or their vision is. But in terms of the quantity of it, I feel like so many people think that, and I I think it's because the industry, there's so many people saying you've got to take massive action, right? Mm -hmm. And so they think that they have to do all this stuff in one day or one week. And it's just not true. Like you would know this example, Laurie, from your fitness background, but imagine someone that hasn't been to the gym for like three years. And then they decide I'm going to go to the gym and I want to lose weight. And so they go and they try and run for like half an hour on a treadmill. Like even if they survive that the next day, they're going to be like aching, sore, tired. They're not going to want to go. And I promise you by day three or day four, they would have, you know, turned it in and said, this is too much. And instead of the person who is in the same situation, but says, I'm going to go and I'm just going to just walk for 10 minutes. And the next day I'm going to walk for 15 and then I'm going to run for five and walk for 20. And, and you just gradually build it up until eventually it's like, wow, okay, look how far I can actually go. And yeah, I just feel like so many people kind of have that backwards a little bit. I, the consistency thing, that's, I have to be honest, like that's the one thing that thank God I started in fitness because I learned that so early on and it runs parallel with anything and everything in life. It's just like, if you just show up, it's amazing because, and if you follow that energy level, right, because it's like some days I have tons of energy and I'm like, okay, I can do more today. And then other days it's like, wow, maybe I should take a nap and try to do just that one thing thing. And as long as I show up and just keep that up every single day, it's amazing what actually happens at the end and how you can accomplish your goal. It's like, it's kind of like that theory of, you know, putting, um, making sure that you have, um, a date at the end or, or an expiration date of when you have to get something done by, because no matter how big the box is, we're going to fill it. Right. So what is, what is something that you do around goals to make sure that you reach them? That's a great question. So I think it varies for each goal, but I always am making sure that I have a pain and pleasure motivator with any of my goals. Yeah. So, I mean, people are driven by pain and pleasure and it's a sliding scale. Like I don't think we can put people in buckets, right? It's varies depending on the situation and the goal. And so to make sure I'm always hitting either end of that, I'm always thinking to myself, okay, cool. I'm writing down if I hit this goal, then this is the reward. Here's what I get to do or, you know, play into, or here's where I get to go. Or like there's some kind of cool, fun thing. And then if I, I have a circumstance where it's like, if I don't hit the goal, then here's the consequence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has to be something that's like painful. And that is a little bit like, Oh, I really like don't want to do that. Or I don't want to miss out on that. Or I don't want to not have that or whatever it is. And then something really beautiful happens unconsciously is your brain kind of gets unconsciously motivated by it. And you just tend to be a little bit more motivated when you actually come to doing the work around it. 
Oh my God. I, I totally do that. Um, I have both. So I love that you just said that because I do think pain for me is actually a massive. I've always had the ability to, um, really look forward and say, well, what am I going to miss out on? Or what is something that I absolutely in this lifetime cannot, you know, make sure on my deathbed, looking back that I accomplished, like that I don't want to die, uh, regretting this. So for you, what is that thing that looking back that you have not accomplished yet, but kind of that big goal, the end of your life that you want to look at and make sure that you have accomplished and left uh, the world with? What is it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, for me, it really comes down to the number of people that I get to impact, touch and help and inspire. And you know what, if I was to leave this planet at the end of my life and and have over, well, millions of people literally say, sit there and go, you know what, like Regan made me think differently. Regan made me uh, have some uh, better awareness around this. Regan kind of changed my life in this way. Like if millions of people could say that about my work directly, regardless of whether we've met in person or not, then I'm going to be like super, super grateful and happy. Mm, I love that. That's beautiful. So what is something that you are working through or something that is scaring you right now? Do you have anything? Hmm. There's always lots of things. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) There's always lots of things. Um, so, okay. Well, something which, um, something which has been kind of a little bit testing and scary recently, um, which is interesting and it's relevant to our conversation we were having about alignment is I was sitting down, it was probably about six months or so ago and I was journaling and I was really asking myself, you know, what does this next big vision look like? Like what does this next season entail? And really digging deep and just not, not filtering it, not writing out what I think it should look like, you know, just really letting whatever needs to come through, come through. And I tune into it and all this stuff comes through around me being an artist and a musician. And now I was a musician as a, you know, as a child and I played the piano and drums and things like that, but I haven't, you know, been in that world for ages and this stuff keeps coming through and it's like, no, like you're ignoring this part of yourself. Like, you need to, you need to be in music somehow. And I'm sitting there and looking at all of this and I'm like, you know what? I don't know how to do this. I don't know how this is going to happen. I'm not recognized as an artist, you know, other than speaking, writing and coaching, right. In the music realm at all. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to let that go. Um, and I'm just going to commit to it. And the moment I committed to it, I had all this fear come up fear around, you know, what are your audience going to think if you'd start doing something random, that's not a part of your brand. Like, how's it going to happen? Like, are you going to write a song? You don't know how to write a song. Like all this stuff is coming up. Right. And then sure enough, I just trusted in it. And, um, and recently I connected with, um, Lakeisha Michelle, who's actually Lisa Nichols's niece. Mm -hmm. And we connected up in Barcelona and it just, it just happened that night. Like I was reading some of my writing and she was singing like on top of it. And we wrote the song, like literally, um, for like hours sitting there towards the evening. And it's in a place now where it's actually coming out. Like, I don't know when this interview will be released, but it's out now basically around this time. And it's been a crazy journey of just really seeing, wow, okay, that's what it looks like when you commit to something within, even though it's like kind of off topic for what you're meant to be focusing on with your vision, but it feels amazing but it also feels super scary and you have no idea how it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, I love that so much that you are like exactly in the same, um, kind of position that I'm in right now. It's funny, but mine is coming up around spoken word. I'm like, what 
is this why how random is this going to be if I just start doing this like random poetry like this is so Uh I don't know what I'm doing like I love that because all it does is it just compliments and amplifies everything that you're doing and it also frees people right like how many people have you told that you're doing that and all of a sudden you learn so many cool things about them that you never knew Exactly. A thousand percent. And please go and do your spoken word because that's exactly what mine is as well. Like I'm not a singer. I'm definitely not a singer. And so it's me speaking and singing around it. So it works. It's possible. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. I actually recorded a a podcast on it like two weeks ago and almost threw up like, but I released it. So we're doing it. We're doing it. I'll, I'll cheer you on. I will. Um, yeah, I will absolutely be your biggest cheerleader and I'll be so inspired by you. So I have to look it up. Is it out? Um, it, it's literally being approved like this afternoon. Oh so, my yeah, God. I can't wait. Okay. Yay. I'm so glad that you did that. Um, is there anything else like that in your life right now that like something creatively or something that makes you feel most like you, what makes you feel most like you when you're doing it? What makes me feel most like me? Mm-hmm. Like just uh, that, you know, that version of yourself that you're like, this is me. This is, I feel so good when I'm doing this more of this. Yeah. Look, I'm noticing that more and more and more with speaking and you know, that's been an interesting journey too. Cause I'm a massive introvert. I used to be terrified of talking to people. <laughs> Even one person was terrifying. Um, and so, you know, being on stage wasn't really my natural state, I guess. So it's definitely something that I've pushed myself into, um, pretty uncomfortably, but knowing that if I did it and if I did it well, I'd be able to reach and impact more people. So that was really always my driver. Um, but I'm definitely noticing in the last year, like every time I get on stage, it's kind of getting easier and easier to show up as me and I'm feeling better and better about it. And there's more and more cool stuff coming through. So yeah, I'm really kind of enjoying that element and playing into that right now. Oh, let's talk about that because I, I actually, our similarities in that are so scary. Like same thing, like one person, I could literally get social anxiety just thinking of talking to a small group, going to dinner with people and talking, like having the attention on me was like, makes you want to vomit. So, and now I love speaking. Like it's probably the time that I feel most connected. Um, but a lot of work goes into that right now. I know a lot of people on the podcast either want to be speaking or they want to be getting their voice out there. Number one, why is it so important that we start to use our voice? And number two, do you have any rituals that you've done around speaking to really help you step in? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, well, look, I think it's so important that everyone listening not only, uh, you know, uses their voice, but recognizes they have a voice. They feel like, you know, that's the first step. And and it's really just remembering that, oh, yeah, I'm put here for a reason. And what I have to say is important. You know, I truly believe you're not put here just to hide away and like pay, pay some bills and die. Like it's just there's more to life. And, you know, there's a soul within your body and your soul needs to speak or sing or do whatever it needs to do. Um, so it's really just acknowledging and, and remembering that and owning that part of yourself. And then from there, it's, you know, choosing to do it. I think there's a lot of people who say, yeah, I'd love to be a speaker. But then they think that just declaring that someone will come knock on their door and say, here's a paid speaking engagement. And, you know, Laurie as well, right? It takes time and you've got to really kind of put yourself out there and find the stages and run your own events as well. And, you know, do all of that. 
Um, and then when it comes to, I guess, rituals or things which I go through, which have really helped me, you know, I used to get so nervous, like so nervous before I got onto stage. And what I've found works really well is using um, music as a bit of an anchor. So what I'd do is I'd set this up before I went on stage. So I would be in my, you know, hotel room or wherever I was before I spoke and I'd play um, a song, which I was really like enjoying listening to at that moment, but I'd get into a really high vibe with it. So I'd literally be running around the room like, woo, like <laughs> like celebrating like as if I just come off stage right mm. and so I'm getting into that energy and then I would literally visualize my whole talk not necessarily around what I say just how good I felt the mm. audience responding everyone feeling amazing everyone standing up and clapping at the end me walking off people backstage being like wow that was incredible thank you I saw all of it and I still see all of it every time now the music's playing the whole time that I'm visualizing this so I'm getting it in my sensory I'm getting it through every part of my body and then what I do is right before I go on stage, if I'm at the back of the room or if I'm backstage, I literally have that song playing in my ears through my phone, through my headphones. And I'm literally like, people just know, don't talk to me like 20 minutes before I go on because I'm getting in that zone. Um, so I find that really, really, really helps. And it just gets you in this energetic place of having already lived it and feeling really good about it. Uh, I love that. I do. It's I, I do so much of that as well. It's amazing. Um <laughs> It's, it's just, I love talking to speakers because it helps me so much to really understand what works and, and also just not being attached. I love that you said that you, um, picture the feeling and you feel it because when I try to picture what I'm saying, it's like, I get really attached and that's when the nerves come back. And when you can just kind of feel right, that's when that energy, when you get filled up and it's like that trusting. So do you have anything around trusting knowing that you're going yeah. to be delivered what you need. Do you do any prayers or meditation or is it kind of the same thing? Um, no, totally. And it's so interesting you say that because, you know, in that education company, which I started and I was running my own events and they, they were small events, you know, there were 15, 20 people in the room, but I was speaking the whole time. And I used to be so paranoid that I wasn't going to be able to say everything or get it all in. Mm -hmm. And my fear was more than anything, oh, they're not going to get the value and they won't get the result if I don't get every single little point. Mm -hmm. And so I used to literally stand up there and practically read, like I wasn't even speaking. I was reading to them. <laughs> like, it's crazy when I look at it. And I did this for a couple of months and, and they were happy. They were like, oh, cool. And they were learning everything. But I was for sure just reading full sentences. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Thanks. Oh my God. And so I did this and you know, what's so funny. I remember I was um, at an event that we were running and it was in Perth, Australia. I remember it so clearly. And I turned around to my assistant like five minutes before everyone was turning up. And I was like, where are my speaking notes? And she's like, you have them. And I was like, no, I don't have them. You've got them. She's like, I don't have them. I was like, oh, and then I realized I don't have them. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, what do we do? And I, she's like, I don't even have them on computer. We don't have time. Like the clients are here and people were walking into the room. And I just remember at that moment, I had to make a decision. Okay. I'm just going to have to trust myself and I'm just going to choose that everything's going to come out and it's going to be perfect. And so I worked off the workbook, which they had, and I taught the content, which I already knew. Right. But I trusted myself to, to deliver it. But I tell you what, these clients were like, whoa, like this is life changing. This is amazing. Like they were just blown away. And that was a reaction I had never had when I was reading them all of my notes. Oh. And it was 
that, yeah, it was a little bit of validation there. And it was like, oh, okay, I've got this. But I thought about it afterwards and I was like, what created that result? And I was like, huh, like I chose that result. I chose to trust myself. I chose it was all going to come out. I chose it was going to be perfect. And I chose it had to happen now. So I feel like if someone goes into a speaking experience with that internal reality, then that's massively going to help them. Oh my God. You're freaking me out. First of all, cause I had such a similar experience and that's where I learned like, okay, detach from the notes. Um, right. and it, it's the best thing ever. I mean, what a gift to have that experience because sometimes I believe the thing, you know, especially if we're trying so hard to make sure it's good, it's like having it taken away from you can be the best thing in the entire world. So sometimes those horrible things, especially as a speaker, you know, just go with the flow because if it's happening like that, or if you're having a freak out moment or something panicked or you're missing something, it's divine and it's perfect. And just trust the entire process because that's what it looks like, right? It's always going to be something different. Exactly. And half the times when a speaker like messes up or leaves a part out or repeats something, people don't even notice. (laughs) They really don't even notice. (laughs) Have you found, um, and I just want to share this, this experience with people listening. Have you found that there have been stories that come up that all of a sudden you're like, I don't know why this is coming out of my mouth right now, but I'm going to share it or wow, that's not pertinent anymore. And I'm completely skipping this entire part of my talk thousand percent I've had it happen all the time and it's a result of tuning in and and really trusting that and a great example is now you know I don't have notes in front of me right now like you know we're technically speaking um to each other uh, to you know you can feel that there's an audience there that's going to listen to this um and you know I I don't think I've ever told that story of having lost my notes right it just came out and I was like oh okay interesting like obviously that just needed to come out right now because someone listening needed to hear that so yeah it's really trusting those things rather than me going, Oh my God, what's like my answer to your prescripted question, right? It's like, let's have this organic conversation and trust that. Yeah. Mm, I love that. The more, the more just podcasting I do and the more interviews and speaking, it's kind of like, I don't, people will be like, do you want me to send you questions beforehand? So, you know, and I'm like, I, I actually would rather not because it's, exactly. it's become so beautiful to be able to trust yourself and know that if I don't know the answer, I can say, you know what? I don't know the answer or give me a minute. And I, I believe that people need to see that now, just that what is actually happening in real time or wow, we don't know everything. Like there's a lot of power in, in not knowing things, right. And just being able to say that. Exactly. And it's much more powerful to someone to say, you know what, like, that's not actually my area of expertise. Or I don't want to answer that because I'm not 100% sure on it. Like that is actually going to build more trust and respect with your audience rather than bluffing an answer that you think they need to hear. Like they're going to feel that energetically. It's uh, that is so beautiful because it's so freeing. Like one of the things that used to hold me back was I remember looking at different mentors or fitness mentors and and number one in the fitness industry a while back, it was like, never let them see you eat candy. Like you definitely don't drink alcohol. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Cause I love candy and I love champagne. So (laughs) Like, I'm never going to be able to do that. So that, you know, that was one thing. And then with speakers, I was like, they're so flawless. I'm definitely not like that. I I can only speak from the, like, I don't want to say I can only, but I speak best from the heart. How am I ever going to be able to do that? So I think that it's so, I just love the freedom that people like you give just by showing up fully 
yourself and letting it be okay. So have you ever had moments where you've been speaking and what, what does the process look like for you? Like maybe you do feel that you say something you didn't want to say, or maybe it didn't go the, the way that you wanted to go. And that's inevitably going to happen for us. Right. But what does the process look like once you leave the stage instead of carrying that with you? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question because I used to be really bad at that process and anyone around me or close to me would vouch for this. I used to be so critical, like literally the audience could be upstanding, like, you know, cheering, screaming and I'd walk off and I'd be like, oh man, like these three things that I said wrong or like I missed out this bit or (laughs) this needed to be more like that. Like I was so critical on it. Um, And it's still my default, to be honest. Like I still naturally go into that place and it's not from an intention of I suck. It's from an intention of, Oh, I want to do better for them, for the people listening. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really have a lot of work, um, every time when I come off stage and I catch that and I go, okay, Regan, like, great. Like you can critique yourself later, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but what was amazing now? And I forced myself to think of like three to five things that I did really well or that I loved or that was awesome or that I want to repeat again. And I just really ground into that kind of gratitude energy with it. And then of course I can have a strategic look at, okay, like what can be better for next time? And then I go back again to the good things. So it's kind of like your own feedback sandwich where you're like, great stuff, improvements, great stuff. And you play it back to yourself. Um, Because I know that, you know, you can't manifest the next level of where you're going from a place of frustration or negativity or criticism. So if I want to shift and be better, then I have to be grounded in gratitude. So for me, it's a constant like reminder to do that because my default is just to tear myself apart basically. seriously thank you so much for sharing that uh and I can imagine it's probably the same like that can all be applied to releasing a program or you know putting your creations out into the world right kind of like what is something that you do around okay you just release this maybe a book or a program or a podcast or, or whatever that looks like how what do you think is the best process for um putting yourself out there in the beginning I honestly think the best process for putting yourself out there is just to be you. And I know it's maybe doesn't sound like the most strategic answer, but if I was to kind of do it all again, that's the one thing I'd do differently. Um, I remember when I started online, it's like I had to have two personalities because (laughs) seriously and it got crazy because I was like okay cool so I want to do these YouTube videos and I want to do this blog with these videos and this stuff and so I was like wow you know I better show up professionally otherwise no one's going to take me seriously so you you guys can go back and find these photos and stuff even when I spoke I used to wear like a jacket like I looked like I'd rolled straight out of corporate (laughs) and I've never been in corporate (laughs) what is this (laughs) And so I was all like polished on my videos. I had perfect makeup. My hair had to be a certain way. Like I had this thing. And then I found myself going, oh, okay, great. That's done. Now I can collapse and just be me. And I kept that pattern going for ages. And then I thought about it because it started to feel really heavy and really frustrating. And like, oh, I can't be bothered bringing like professional business Regan to the table right now. She doesn't want to come and play. And so it was like, okay, how, what am I doing and how do I fuse this? And then I was like, oh my God, I don't even have to fuse it. I just need to show up being me. And that's when I decided that, okay, 
Um, of course I can make, you know, obviously some extra effort out of respect for someone's stage or something and show up and wear something nice, you know, but if it's just me and it's a live stream, then guess what? I might just like lie on my bed and live stream, or I might be in a bikini on live stream. And guess what? Because you're getting me and an authentic version of me all the time. And I really noticed in my business when I started showing up like that, that's when people fell in love. That's when people were like, Oh my God, I've been looking for you. They were like, how do I work with you? Like all of this stuff started opening so much. And I was like, what's different? My products and services aren't different. Well, I was different because I was actually just choosing to be me. Oh my God. Yes. Right. (laughs) Right down to the jackets. I went through my closet and I was like, what I've never, I've never been in corporate either. And I was like, what are these jackets? Like what? Cause I love flowy, like, um, boho, like crystals and and, like (laughs) curling my, like, I just, I love all of it. And I just, I finally the last two years embraced it. And I can't even tell you guys, like, I love that you just said that I was over here just like cheering. Um, because I can feel you, you know what I mean? I, I don't even really know you yet, but I can feel you. I can catch your energy. I can understand you. I can see you. I can hear you. And when we're, you know, if, if that is your thing, if you do love to dress in a certain way or you do love the corporate look, that's awesome because you're still going to come through in a major way if that's what makes you feel most like you. But it's kind of like, we are in such a blessed time right now. How fun is it to be able to be fully you like, and do what you love to do and share it the second that it's like hot and now and in your brain and you want to connect with people. Like we are so blessed to do that. So I'm so excited that you stepped into that. That's awesome. So cool. Such a gift, right? It is. It is amazing. Um, so, you know, you have incredible businesses and I'm sure that you have amazing relationships in your life, especially now. And I know that that took a lot of work and a lot of boundary setting. So what does it look like for you when you first really started, um, stepping into setting boundaries for yourself to make space for all that you had to create and come through and also set boundaries around relationships? Mm, Wow. Such an amazing question. Um, it was tough. It was really tough. And I think it's still a little bit tough. Um, to be honest, I think it's still something I'm working at and am refining. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of figured out a while ago that, you know, it's great to have dreams and visions, but ultimately everyone has a dream and a vision and they don't all necessarily manifest it. But I think people do manifest what they tolerate in their life. And so I kind of kept the, you know, what's the vision? What's the dream? All that stuff we talked about. I kept doing that. But at the same time, I was like, okay, what's my minimum standard? Like, what is my level of tolerance? And if I am to shift that and raise that, what is that going to look like? And so I kind of did that across the board, you know, in my health and relationships and business money, all of it. Um, you know, even when I'm setting financial goals, I'm like, this is my minimum standard non-negotiable for the month. Like this is, I just will not tolerate anything less than that. Um, rather than just going, here's the goal, here's the big dream money thing, you know, which a lot of people do. And so, yeah, I think, um, it's taken a lot of work. I definitely, I definitely wasn't wired to naturally think like that. Um, it's taken practice and it's taken refinement and I still have to kind of remind myself to do that. But I think, that's one of the biggest things across the board is like raising the level of what I'm actually going to tolerate. Oh, that's so good. People manifest what they tolerate. Like I just wrote that down. That's amazing. Um, so how about taking care of yourself? Because as much as you get to do, I know sometimes people are like, oh, you have this great business. You get to travel, you get to work from home. But if you're not creating space to truly recharge, it's like, 
oh man, you're not going to be gifted with that incredible feeling of feeling like you, feeling inspired, feeling connected. So how do you make sure that you schedule that time to recharge? Yes. (laughs) Once again, I used to be not good at this. I was very much brought up, um, especially by my dad being like, work hard, work hard, and then work some more hard. Right. And so I had that mentality and I used to pride myself on it. I used to be like, look how hard I'm working and I'm doing it all myself and I'm exhausted and please give me a gold star. Like I was really looking for some sort of validation through it. And then I realized I was never going to get that. And I was going to deteriorate if I I wasn't going to look after myself. Um, So I'm pretty intentional on it now. I'm very good at just clearing the calendar unapologetically and going, that day's just booked and really just kind of being non-negotiable with it as well. Um, and I used to deal a lot with guilt. So I used to feel really guilty doing that. I used to feel like, oh, I can't shift that training or I can't, you know, block out that call because a client might want to talk to me today, not tomorrow. And then I'm letting them down. And then I just had to really tune into the fact that, hey, like if I can't bring the best version of me to the table to serve these people, then I'm letting them down and I'm doing them a huge disservice if they've invested with me for a result. And so when I kind of rewired that, I was like, oh, okay, it's okay okay to love on myself. It's okay to clear the day. It's okay to say, you know what? I can't do that. I'm going to get a message and I'm turning my phone off. Like that's okay. So I feel like I'm definitely in a good balance and flow with it now. And I'm very, um, yeah, I find it very easy to, um, you know, clear the calendar of that stuff, but it was work in the beginning for sure. Mm, I love that. I'm kind of getting a reality check smackdown. Like I thought I was really good with it yet this year. I just have had so many things that I've been excited about. So I confuse like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm excited. No, I'm, you know, I'll be like, I'm so tired. And then I wake up and I know how to kind of do those things that put a bandaid on it. Like I can meditate and work out and all of a sudden I feel way better than I felt. And I'm like, no, I'm good. And then all of a sudden it's just like, but you're, you're losing your excitement. Have you had times in your life like that? Like you're fine, but all of a sudden you're noticing maybe you're not recharging enough because for me, my indicator is like, I just can't seem to get super excited about stuff. So is there anything that is an indicator for you where you're like, Oh, there's that feeling. I need a little more space and time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I I get it a lot if I don't listen and if I, you know, don't create those boundaries and clear that space. Um, and one thing for me at my, like, um, I guess little clue or, um, yeah, my little clue for how that stuff is showing up is that I I tend to go into doubt with things really easily. So I'll be like, Oh, you know what? Maybe like, maybe I'm, maybe this isn't my vision, you know, maybe like (laughs) maybe this was the wrong thing in business. I I start doubting everything and it's crazy. Um, and I just know it's this character which comes up and for me, it's a signal of like, okay, like you're tired and exhausted. You're heading to burnout. What are you doing about it? And I just allow myself to catch it and be like, okay, cool. Let's just love on myself and give myself some space and time and whatever I need in that moment. And then let's reassess if we're really going to doubt the whole world, Regan, like let's reassess that. And, um, yeah. So for me, it's like just noticing that that behavior and those mindsets, which come up and, and instead of judging them, just loving on them and using them as a, a little tag, um, for something that needs to be adjusted. So good. Do you have a ritual around building your faith practice? So where you just can get to that place where you are 100% faithful and clear, even on the scary stuff? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting. Like I, I used to be really big on, you know, spending half an hour, an hour in the morning, you know, going through an exact process and connecting that way. Um, and I still do that. I still tune in every day. That definitely is a non-negotiable for me. Um, but over and above and beyond that, the up level to that was asking myself, okay, how do I stay totally connected and totally in faith um, through my whole day? Because for me, it's like, okay, that hour is great, but what about the other 23 hours? Like they kind of too, right? It's like someone going to the gym for like an hour and then just like eating terrible things for the rest of the day. It's like, of course, that's not going to serve them. And so for me, it's been tuning in and and like reassessing myself on that. So one thing which um, which I did and, and still often do, which may help everyone listening, is I set a little alarm on my phone and I set it for like every hour if possible. Now, obviously, if you're speaking or coaching or whatever, you can turn it off um, or sleeping. Obviously, don't do it when you're asleep, just for when you're awake. And and during this, um, this hour, every time it, the alarm pings and it goes off, um, you just need to stop and catch yourself and just give yourself just two minutes and no more than that and just go, okay, cool. We're am I at right now? Where's my energy? And just take your own pulse. You know, where am I connected? Am I feeling good? Um, where am I at right now? And then anything which doesn't feel amazing or that doesn't feel in flow for you. Okay. How do you shift and readjust that? And I've found that, especially with my clients, you know, when they do this over weeks and then months, they get to the point where the alarm's going off and they're like, oh yeah, I'm in their vibe. Oh yeah, I'm already there. Oh yeah, that's just who I am. Cause it's like, they've reconditioned themselves through that. So that's something which has really helped me. That's awesome. So with the new year here and everybody, you know, there's a lot of different noise of trying to get healthy, trying to set goals, making this year finally be, be the year that you don't disappoint yourself or that you finally reach those goals. What are some things that you would tell people maybe around, um, getting clear on their goals and you know, what is a realistic way to go? I actually don't really love that word realistic because <laughs> it's so different for everybody, <laughs> but, but how do we like, what are some great goal setting tips that you would give people to think bigger as well and think abundantly for this year? Totally. Totally. So, um, two things. One thing that I love doing around goal setting and, um, it's interesting, like, obviously you're right. This always happens around January the 1st, right. And everyone's like setting their new year's resolutions and like, what's my year going to be like? Um, I would encourage that you do that. Absolutely. Tune in and write it all out and get clear and go through whatever process serves you on that. Um, but do it every month. And here's what people miss is that they get to like March and they're like new year's what? Like they can't even remember what they wrote down. And so if you actually go, okay, where am I going to be 12 months out from now in January the first, then where are you going to be 12 months out from now in February the first? So then you're working February, February, and then March to March. And it's like a rolling 12 months. Obviously it's like you never actually hit the 12 month goal, but in 12 months time, you're then working 12 months out from there. So I just find it really keeps, um, myself and other people really tuned in and focused to what is actually going on rather than trying to like set a goal and then, um, you know, look at it 12 months later and be like, how did I do? <laughs> you know, I feel like there's a lot more, um, clarity and focus on that. And then for people, um, you know, wanting to set up their year and going, okay, cool. Like 2018, it's my year. It's the year to manifest all the big things, um, which I'm looking to call in. I would, um, recommend you go through a process where you sit down and you just ask yourself, you know, if I was to truly create my big vision in 2018 in total alignment, what would that look like for me? And you can meditate, you can journal, you can do whatever you want. Um, 
but get into detail with it, remembering, like we said, to touch on all the different pieces. And then what's interesting is once you've done that, you want to sit on that, connect with that, feel good with that. And here's what I do, which I think a lot of people um, haven't yet tapped into, which is kind of cool, is that I love to help people expand their mindset and look at how do we now play bigger than that and go to the next level. So the next task to sit down and again, journal on, meditate, do whatever you want with, is to sit down and say, okay, cool. Um, If that big picture reality was already my reality right now, what would my vision be? And it's like if you were already living into it, if it was like the end of 2018 and you were like, cool, I've manifested all of it. This feels so good. What would your goal be? Because it wouldn't be the same goal. If it's to manifest $100,000, you're not going for 100 again. You're going for 120 or 150 or whatever that looks like. And so what happens is when you get into this place, your mind starts going, whoa, like, I actually have the capacity to think into, speak into, and hold so much more than what I think is possible. And something interesting happens is that we start painting a reality on the other side of the vision. And if we don't do this, our system marks it as fear, it marks it as unknown, it marks it as potentially really dangerous for you, which is why so many people get so close to their goals and don't actually achieve them. And so it breaks down all these barriers at the same time. And then when you look back on your big vision you did in step number one, it's like, oh, that's just a stepping stone to get me to the next place and it all just starts to feel a little bit easier so yeah I love kind of breaking down that system oh I love that and something that you pointed out that's so huge is the power of just having someone who can help you think a little bit bigger um because it's like that's one of my biggest things is why I love mentors masterminding coaching and and just making sure I'm surrounded by incredible people is because I'm gonna put a cap on myself like I'm gonna hit my fear mark and I'm probably gonna go a couple notches down from there (laughs) (laughs) because I'm gonna be like no way that's really scary my potential is like two feet down from my fear mark where I can still like feel fear but I'm kind of comfortable and then you have those people from the outside who come in and say what are what are you doing like I see you doing so much more. This is something that you say that you want. So what's stopping you? And then to constantly hear that, right? So what do you do in your life to make sure that you have those people who are maybe assessing you or do you ask for it or do you hire coaches or how does that work for you? Yes. I need a lot of people to keep me accountable (laughs) and I really need people, um, yeah, to, to really kick my ass on some things because often I will, you know, do the opposite of what is meant to be getting done basically. And so I have, um, I have four different coaches and mentors, which I'm working with at the moment for different areas of life and business. Um, I also love surrounding myself with amazing people in my team. So we have, we have, oh gosh, I don't even know how many, but it's definitely over 35 people in the team at Regan Hillier International. And a lot of those people are amazing experts in their field. And my team know that they can literally boss me. So I will get outcomes from them and they'll be like, Regan, you need to do a live stream on this thing. <laughs> and I've given them permission to do that because I really want it to be a collaborative effort. And I know that if they tune into taking the vision to the next level um, and I show up in that way as well, then we're going to get there faster. So I also love surrounding my myself with amazing uh, just friends and people, my partner, you know, amazing people in my personal environment that are going to hold me to the highest self, you know, and the highest standard of myself instead of letting this lower version of me creep in like, oh, like maybe I'm too much or maybe that's too much or maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Like I need people 
who are going to not agree with me and instead say, Regan, what are you talking about? Like, I see this in you. And um, it's, I guess, been an interesting journey of developing um, that team and every sense of the word to have around me because I used to, yeah, I used to really just not believe in myself and I used to not fully see my potential in terms of what was available. And I feel like so many people sit in this place for so long. And I kind of just got to this point where I just started to, borrow belief from other people. Like I had my early mentors saying, Regan, wow, like I can see you going here and doing this. And this is so inspiring about you. And every part of me wanted to say like, really? Like, I don't think so. Like, what do you see that I don't? But instead I started training myself to go, okay, cool. Thank you. Like I'm going to choose to just borrow that from you. (laughs) And I just started borrowing belief from all these amazing people I surrounded myself with until I got comfortable with it. And until it just became a part of who I am. Oh, I love that. That's really powerful. Just choosing to see, like really allowing those things to settle in, right? Let those compliments hit you and to to receive that. And that can be some really powerful fuel and also help with the trajectory of what's possible for yourself. That's amazing. So what is something for you that you would love people to know that you don't feel like enough people are either asking about or that's out in the open enough? What's a message that you would love for more people to know? I just really, I would really, really, really want people to know that they can have it all and they can have it all on their terms in whatever way that looks like for them. And I feel like we're in the society where people say, you know, do one thing and do it well. And, you know, don't be distracted by everything. And, you know, even Oprah has a quote, which says you can have it all, but not all at once. And and I really just disagree. <laughs> I really believe that you can have it all on your terms across the board and you can continuously up level your relationships and your health and your body and your business and your money and your purpose and all of it and your contribution across the board without having to sacrifice one for the other. And I think it starts with just choosing that and declaring that, okay, cool. Like that's just how I'm going to live my life from now on. Oh, I love that. So what is a question that you wish more people would ask you or that never ask you? <laughs> um, you're asking the introvert that doesn't like to talk about herself. <laughs> Um, the question I wished people asked me, gosh, um, I'm not too sure on that one. I mean, I think, I think it would be great if, if people asked, you know, anything that is, um, really personal to myself, because I think often that's what you find the magic underneath the surface with people. And yeah, I feel like you've really done that in the interview, Laura, like we've dug into some really beautiful, like personal moments or things which have come out, which I don't necessarily share, but that's because you were asking like deep personal um, things about things that I was struggling with or something which has gone on in the past. So I feel like those questions are amazing. And um, yeah, if you ask people like questions at that level and someone's willing to be vulnerable, you can learn a lot from them. I feel like I've gotten to know you um, really well in this hour. That's why I love podcasting. So thank you, number one, for your vulnerability and just showing up fully you and sharing your energy with us. There were so many amazing takeaways, but I just want to acknowledge you for your work in the world and how you show up and how just you honestly, like just being able to be in your presence, but not getting to have spoken to for very long. I was really drawn to your energy and just who you are. So you are definitely showing up fully in a room without even having to speak. Your energy is speaking much louder than your words would could ever do. Right. So I just want to acknowledge you and thank you for this beautiful podcast as well. And I look forward to our paths crossing in the future. Mm, 
thank you so much. And it was exactly the same with you. I was like, oh, I like that light. I, you know, we might not be talking right now, but we need to know each other. So yeah, thank you for standing in your brightness permanently as well. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. And where can we find you? Where can we follow you? What's exciting right now? Yeah, definitely. Well, if you go to reganhillier.com, you can subscribe to everything there. And then I am Regan Hillier on all of the social media platforms. So there's a lot of cool content which goes out on there. Um, so yeah, lots of exciting things always. If you look at the social media, um, I have a lot of cool online um, products and a lot of cool live events running right now as well. Um, obviously, my song is coming out soon. So that's really, really, really exciting too. Um, so yeah, best thing is to just check out Facebook or one of those platforms and connect with me on there say hi and let us know that you came from this podcast as well uh so awesome and i always end on one question so you are in an elevator with someone it's only like 30 seconds and they're a total stranger and they look over at you and ask you how can i make myself happy what do you say Mm, I would say listen to your truth, follow your gut, and just act from that place. Mm, So perfect. Thank you so much. And you guys, if you love this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.